Greetings, this is Illiterate. My name is Evan. My name is Taylor. I read an article this week. I watched a documentary series this week. We are covering Showtime's UFO. This is not your typical UFO alien uh, <laughs> documentary thing. This is a kind of a once over. This is a because something has happened in popular media, in the news, in our recent time that has changed this conversation. It centers around uh, primarily an event that happened in 2004 that has some of the most incredible eyewitness uh, accounts, Pentagon uh, footage released that sparked a New York Times article in 2017 that has really sparked a cavalcade of information thus far coming out. We're living in a new time when it comes to UFOs, so we thought this was a good time to pick it apart, talk about UFOs, talk about UFOs and art, and, and what to make of all of this. So I'm really <laughs> right. excited. Come along. Because <laughs> here that, that is the question. What's what's the news here? Are we confirming the existence of them? Or right. you know, has this already been done? Do you remember Roswell? How did that get, you know, all that kind of stuff hopefully will touch on and make sense of why is there a different documentary happening now that isn't Ancient Aliens Made the Pyramids on the History Channel? There are hundreds and thousands, there's thousands of pieces of content. Go on YouTube. I mean, endless. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or know, don't. God, yeah. You know, the History Channel died on this hill. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this is part of the problem is it's always so much and so much is so faulty. Yeah. But it's getting better. You'll love this in terms of statistics. 95% of the public had heard about UFOs as a concept, and 92% had heard about President Gerald Ford. Ah. He had just left office nine months ago, and he was tracking worse than UFOs. <laughs> so they're all over the place. And oh then, my God. yeah. And then in terms of where we're talking about, hasn't this already been talked about? There was a poll in 96, 71% of the US population said the government was covering up information about UFOs. Mm. Mm. So this is a commonly held belief, at least in the US, that the government knows things and we know it's there and they won't tell us. So this is Yeah, kind this of is something I'm interested. I mean, I'm definitely interested in is like where did the notions start of the distrust, the paranoia of the federal government? Yeah. And to what purpose? I'm super excited to see how UFO maybe has a component to where we have found ourselves now and then maybe why all this is coming out now. <laughs> right. But uh, maybe perhaps it's best to start with the New York Times article from 2017 and get some context of what has changed because this article is a touchstone and will be known as a touchstone thus, thus forth in this field. Right. New York Times, reputable to some, it at least is a massive news media organization coming out with such a thing as, oh, there's a secret government alien UFO, <laughs> you know, like that's not nothing to scoff at. Uh, it's so not they, usually something that headlines like one of the most revered publications on the face of the planet. Right. <laughs> right. It, it, right. The people that write for the Times don't write stories about these things because it stands to risk their entire career. At least it did before this. Mm -hmm. So what this was exposing was a secret program in charge of checking on UFOs, unidentified flying objects, things that the military of the US government had positioned as, we don't know what this is, let's figure it out. And there was a program that was doing that and money is being siphoned to it. Kind of probably what people think Area 51 is doing. You right. know, that was happening. So it was called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. This is the 
first time a big news outlet got this verifiable information that the Pentagon is investigating reports of these sightings and what's that going is on part of it, them. too, is the degree of journalism that they're doing is bringing it to lawmakers and senators and people that stand to have the power to make decisions in this. They have the. The degree of journalism that they're holding this up to is not just something you're going to find in every, you know, a local newspaper or the National Enquirer or something like right. this. This is backed up and sourced by the real deal stuff. So when we mm -hmm. say that this program has been confirmed, that means they have sources from the Pentagon that are <laughs> right. on record confirming it. Yeah. And the Pentagon, just for those that are a little shaky on it, the Department of Defense for the U.S. So it's the U.S. military. Sometimes it's the building itself, but mostly it refers to the machine that is the U.S. military is the Pentagon. So they are saying, yes, we had this program. And the program was started by seven senators asking them to create a secret office in 2007. And it was revealed that it was disbanded in 2012, although the person who was in charge of it, Luis Elizondo, said he continued it until 2017, even though the money dried up. He he's <laughs> kept doing it until then. So this is when this article came out in 2017. And what it detailed was these specific situations, the main one being in 2004, where the US Navy had a close call in Southern California. And the whole new millennium situation is they have footage of it. They have multiple sightings of particular phenomena. This event is in, is become the focal point for a lot of this article and the people talking about the significance of this article because what you have are Navy pilots who have millions of dollars put into their training. These are the most certifiable, astute people in control of the most incredible weapons that we have at our disposal. So you have Navy pilots who are encountering on footage and on record, you can hear their conversations about this thing. They're encountering an object that moves both increase, decrease speed, it changes direction at a way that's impossible. In a way mm -hmm. that the, we don't have the the technology available to us right now that could and doesn't could seem to have those any possible doesn't seem to have any propulsion any wings any sort of the traditional physical properties of a of a flying moving <laughs> object and they have the footage of it which is which is kind of incredible uh, that that the footage of it exists that got leaked at all I mean we're talking about footage that's nearing two decades old and that we have just saw for the first time in 2017. Right. Yeah. Um, so so David Fravor was the pilot and four people also witnessed this, but he was the one in the plane. And then there was another situation in 2014 and 2015 on a different uh, ship that features similar properties. G please go to the links and look if you this is you clicked because you like UFOs or you haven't heard about this before, because the footage, Evan and I were talking about it before, but it, you have to kind of understand what it is. Otherwise, it just looks like a white dot. In some great yeah, I mean background. it's military footage. So when you look at it on the outset, it doesn't look like an image that, uh, that you can identify. You're looking at, uh, at a workflow and an image setting for they're, they're trying to do other things that we are not in the military. We don't know what the object of this tool is, what the function of this tool is. So when you look at it at first, it's hard to understand. So it's really great to have the guys talking about what they saw, what they recorded, mm -hmm. what they were talking about, because these guys are now have come out after the breaking of the story, have come out and talked about it. There's an amazing Joe Rogan podcast with these guys that detail this event in the minutia of how it went down. So 
I'm not the biggest Joe Rogan fan, but as <laughs> right. far as this kind of topic goes, you get just a, what I considered Joe Rogan, like a, just kind of a normal guy asking really highly yeah. trained professionals about right. something that they should be able to explain but can't. And also, if you're interested in this documentary but don't have Showtime, probably most people, the first episode is free on YouTube. Showtime put it up. So yes, I'll post a link it, to that. And, and you'll meet a bit of these characters and, and understand a bit of the trajectory of, and some of these things that, that we'll bring up. Um, right. But yeah, please check it out on YouTube. The first episode's up for free. So then the news from all of this and what became of it, the big thing that happened was that the Pentagon acknowledged the videos in 2019, but didn't say anything about them. But then the Pentagon released them April of 2020, saying, yes, these are our videos. Yes, we don't know what they are. They're unidentified aerial phenomena. It was it was like sort of a joke because it got lost in the world chaos of April of 2020. Right. That, this is that, as the pandemic is unfolding and becoming worldwide uh, calamity. <laughs> This amazing news on this U on the alien front is yeah. hitting the airwaves, but it has no uh, real estate when it gets there because right. everybody's focus is rightfully somewhere else. When people say the world's crazy right now, this isn't even part of what they mean most of the time. Right, right. And uh, just to say, because we're we're using sort of UFO. UAP, which is unidentified aerial phenomena, alien, all these things interchangeably, but yeah, we're not referring we are, to yeah. alien space creatures. It's just, this is a thing that's flying around that has not been determined to be anything, but it doesn't right. necessarily mean it even came from space or it is manned by a creature not or is even a physical thing. It could be an issue with the sensor. <laughs> you know, it's like, it just is a thing that is unexplained that has flown through and they go out of their it. way to say in the documentary by one of the journalists for the Times article to say it's like the idea of the UFO. It's not a question. UFOs are unidentified flying yeah. objects. It's yeah. not what they are. Fact is, is that they are there unidentified. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And so what this is, what 2017 really did is the, the government actually saying that they're spent money because <laughs> those things are in the sky and they don't know what they are, right. or at least they're interested to know what they are. So because of all of that being released in 2020, the Pentagon acknowledging that this was their footage and they didn't know what it was, there was uh, Marco Rubio, interestingly, as one of the senators, really helmed the UAP task force because UFO is old news because it has too much of a stigma associated with right. green men and flying saucers. So UAP is the new terminology. And the this task force was started in August of 2020 with a mandate that they release a full report by the summer of 2021. And so I'll post a link because they issued this report on June 25th of this year. It's only nine pages, so you can mm -hmm. read it if you wanted to. But they discuss 144 observations, mostly from Navy personnel. And this is from 2004 to 2021. The interest that most people had with it was that they said one of the sightings was attributed to a large deflating balloon, which means the other 143 cases, they said there was too little data to determine what it was. That is one of the closing facts of the show, which is mm. like the documentary has a lot of different points of view of people arguing right. about what this could be and what is actually happening. Not so much saying that they have any answers, but it's trying to reframe the conversation because what has happened since 2017 is we are in a new phase of this conversation. We kind of all need to be on the same page. Right. Um, <laughs> that's what this serves to do. Like in this document, they're saying the purpose is not to evaluate a search for extraterrestrial life, but to assess the 
the risk on the data for unknown aerial threats. Mm-hmm. And it's also kind of a, I guess it's called the collection bias, because most of these sightings are around naval bases, training grounds, all that stuff. But they also have the most sensors, radar, and attention to the f- airspace. Right. So it it's like you're not going to get the thing flying off through the mountains in the middle of the Appalachian because there's right. no sensors and cameras in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's like, well, at the right. naval base, it might be lit up <laughs> with yeah. things that are supposed to capture any activity at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of the 144, 18 of them, they indicated unusual movement patterns implying some sort of an advanced technology. Again, that could just be they have a secret operation that they're not talking about, or it's a private thing, or it's another country. But I just right. that's that's a big that's case what it, it tries of the, to, the documentary tries to frame this conversation in all those different ways. It's, it's trying to say it's like, well, some of these could be explained. The government might outright know what some of these are. But right. some of them, it might not know exactly what they are. Some of them, it might know it's a different country running some sort of test. But from our point of view as the public, that's not so easily discernible. And it's not so easy to communicate that in a way that doesn't completely give away the fault. <laughs> that was what was so crazy is the Pentagon saying, yep, these are our videos. Yep. We don't know what <laughs> yeah. they are. Because before Here, it was, you well, see something? Here it is. <laughs> like, yeah. That has never happened before. And the fact that they did that at all, that that is the yeah. thing here is that they have confirmed this seemingly for no reason. Is and it why reverse are psychology? They, why are they yeah, giving they do know, you know, then here comes. Yeah. And and then we have to consider the, the, the day and age we find ourselves, the communication age. So now the public mm-hmm. pressure, thus from the 2017 article, is the public pressure been insurmountable to the point where they found yeah well you have to release some of that you have to release something is that where we are yeah. now where versus something like if you want to take up uh the phoenix lights that happened in the late 90s which they bring up in the documentary that mm-hmm. was reported and seen uh, thousands of times that night Ca- calls into news stations radio stations there's plenty of footage of it but again it's the 90s it's not the best footage and it's pretty there's it's not a bunch of sources we'll put some links if that event were to happen today you would have thousands of people pulling out their 4k cell phones and pointing it at the sky and it would be unavoidable the pressure to explain it would be unavoidable so i'm wondering if that is where we have found ourselves where it's like well more people are interested in this And the more people that are willing to speak up and ask the question, the the less likely that the government can ignore it at all, because that's what happened with Phoenix is there's not enough evidence, really. And it kind of got laughed off the stage. I don't know that that would happen if the Phoenix lights were to happen today. Um, So it's just there's a lot going on in this field. And and like that, that the government is admitting that we don't understand exactly why they would be admitting it because they're not giving away the farm. Why did they find it necessary to say, yes, it's there at all? Right. That's, well, that's I think, is the conversation and, and why mm-hmm. everybody is on their toes right now about what is happening. Well, but maybe they did. And maybe that was my other point. Maybe all the pressure, the public <laughs> pressure is maybe they, maybe they did. I don't know. This is, yeah. this, is, this is the conversation. Well, that's a good segue to kind of the history of this as far back as, as it relates to unidentified flying objects, because... The lights, the flying objects have been reported for much of human history. There's also some natural things, optical phenomena. There's one called parhelia, which makes it look like there's three suns or three bright lights at once when the sun is low in the horizon. There's lenticular clouds that look like saucers. What? Lenticular clouds? Lenticular clouds. Hold on. Yeah. 
Hold on, hold on, because I only know the word lenticular from like a print and media thing where like there's two images on one surface and you get like the animation between the two. Basically, oh no, it's a yeah, it's it one a type way, of it's cloud. Lentic, you know what I mean? Yeah, lenticular. Yeah. <laughs> so, what is a lenticular cloud? I don't know the exact air patterns and whatnot, but it does. I'll, I'll post yeah. links. It looks just like a. It's like a flat, squat kind of <laughs> kind of flying saucer looking thing. Weird. For example, it, it happens a lot on mountain st- peak structures. So, like, I'm sure you've seen a picture of Mount Fuji, where uh-huh. it's got kind of this flat cloud hanging over top of the oh yeah the okay. top of it. Oftentimes, it's not related to that, and it's just out in the open. Interesting. So, anyways, there's those sorts of natural phenomena that, of course, these things can be ascribed to. But also, like you were talking about, they're reported way more in San Diego Naval Base than they are in the middle of Kentucky because of the recording technology. People often look back to medieval classical Renaissance paintings to see because they would have no basis for what these things are. But but is there evidence of that? There was a a really fascinating uh, point in the documentary where they bring up a, his, a uh, I think a Greece or Roman uh, scene in in stone, right? And the documentary has a historian that's also involved in all of these things that, that tries to explain how interpretation can really wildly vary perhaps <laughs> what the initial experience was. And so the, what this does, and I'm doing it, I'm trying to glaze over it because I don't remember the exact names of this particular thing. Right, right. But what this point in the documentary was trying to say is that throughout human history, there could have been some sort of contact that then got retold and then reinterpreted at that point, probably by the authority power, the church Right. Uh, and then when that gets reinterpreted, that becomes part of the or of religion. <laughs> so right. uh, yeah. so it takes a, it takes at least one instance where it says that, like, this woman had a encounter with an angel. But when that woman right. looked back at her recounting from the church, she said, that's not that's not at all what happened. Uh, when she looks at, like, the statue that they made is like, that's completely that's completely different from my experience. So it's trying to get into that like well this could have been happening for all of human history and uh, the powers that be muddle right. it and get in the way and interpret it differently um, for whatever purpose or accident the counter side to that for the skeptics maybe it's flipped the other way where it actually is just religious iconography and then people that want to see evidence right. of ufos so for example I'll, I'll post a link there's a great article where this person sort of talks about the classic paintings and pieces from various time periods that UFO Mm. hungry people look at and say, so there's like the shepherds being told about Jesus from, from angels in a cloud that is often, uh, Oh yeah, yeah. Immortalized yeah. This and is painted what I'm to look to. like. Yeah, this is very similar to thing. the one I was badly trying to talk about. <laughs> right? No, no, no. That's fine. And but similar, like there's sun and moon faces that are very common in crucifix scenes, and then they became people sitting in them. To and the, but they look like manned spacecraft. But that's right. like a derivation right. of the sun and moon, and them being physicalized as either Greek gods or as just faces in the in those things. And then there was a, there's a famous one. There's this crimson disc. That appears in a lot, but it was known to be St. Jerome. He was a cardinal and it's his hat sitting beside him, but it'll appear in like crucifix scenes and various other things unrelated to that. Uh, yeah. So that yeah. kind of stuff is also interesting that it, it goes the other way too, where it's like, well, we're looking for evidence of this. This is what I'm, uh, this, 
because I mentioned at the top of the show that I was interested in how UFO, you know, and, and conspiracy theory found us and where we are now. Mm-hmm. But that comes to a point. You have all of human history up until Roswell. <laughs> right. And then Roswell to now. And it seems like this is where it really becomes, it really solidifies. Right. Science fiction is a thing. I'll draw the line <laughs> for you how that, yeah. how that kind of comes to be. I was interested in the origin of the terms UFO, yeah. flying saucer. The earliest, which maybe is not as correlated to it, 1878, there was a farmer in Texas that claimed to see a large circular object flying at wonderful speed, in quotes. Mm. And the newspaper at said- wonderful speed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, lo- I love old 1878. Adjectives. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. I think I like, I, I, I've, we've lost an art of talking. I wish that like sports announcers still like sounded like they were in <laughs> the he, 1920s. Yeah, he ran at wonderful speed into the end zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. But anyways, the newspaper said it appeared from his perspective to be the size of a saucer, which doesn't really matter, but that's just the first What's association that? of that word with ufos but the real craze 1947 put a pin in that year because june there was a civilian pilot near mount rainier who saw nine objects flashes of light coming from them i love this stuff because it's one of the most significant reporter misquotes in history oh no The, (laughs) the pilot civilian kenneth arnold said in to the reporter that these flashes of light flew like a saucer if you skip it across the water he was making an allusion to their movement, not what they looked like. But the newspaper put them as flying saucers. And then everyone, all the newspapers caught on to it and said he'd seen flying saucers. And that was the... (laughs) So he was trying to say that they bobbed a little up and down. Yeah. Right? (laughs) (laughs) These flashing lights, yeah. Um, But by Uh, July 4th, this happened in June, by July 4th, hundreds of reports in newspapers of other people seeing flying saucers mm, everywhere. mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And then here mm -hmm. is Roswell, July 7th, three days later, there's a press release by the Air Force saying they recovered a flying disc, and then they immediately recanted and said it was a weather balloon, and then people were like they were alien bodies, and then they took them, and the whole modern mythology of that comes into play. And later they said, oh, we had to say it was a weather balloon because actually it was a thing that we had made that we were researching against Russia, but we couldn't say that. So they right. had to double that back. That became the times. official story yeah. is that there was this balloon that they didn't want out, that they had that kind of technology that they could float something at that kind of altitude uh, over yeah. a country country like Russia. So that kind of, kind of became the official story. But when you look at the, the way that those balloons are constructed, photos of them at the time, and then photos of the material collected at Roswell, it's like a far stretch to be like, yeah, that's exactly that. <laughs> it's right. like they, the entire Roswell incident, just about every part of it is under question and, and and it seems like that uh, that event alone could use some real definitive investigation something and it never, like now robust. it's become a myth now it's become right. the the i was reading an article where they were talking about it literally follows the five stages of something being turned into a myth and we can't right. we can't shake what it right. is it's like anymore I, I would love a, a, a definitive piece in, about this um and I, I bet too many people are lost now. Um, too much information is gone. But it seems like an event that could use credible scrutiny in this day and age. Mm-hmm. If this event alone had 
more known about it, there would be less to say in this documentary. But it is interesting in terms of 1947, the questioning of, oh, flying saucer, oh, hundreds of people start seeing them. And then the Air Force says, we got one. Oh, no, we didn't. Interesting that just in the span of a few weeks, the hype was building so much for flying saucers. So with that, the very next day, July 8th, after Roswell, there was a secret study that began on the best of all of these reports, which then became Project Blue Book, which lasted from 52 to 69. And this is where the term UFO gets coined, is, is in this project, where they're identif- unidentified flying objects they're trying to identify. I actually caught the first few episodes of, the, I think, the History Channel Project Blue Book uh-huh. um, came yeah. out a few years ago. Not bad. I was pretty impressed. <laughs> yeah, there's to be a lot honest. Of, um, yeah. their, their sets and stages, their costumings, the period. They sell the period. Mm-hmm. They sell the effects. When they go to show you an event happening, that is where they put all their money and trying to really sell it and it not look hokey like you would right. think this would look on History Channel. I will say one to avoid for the confusion's sake. Netflix released a series called Top Secret UFO Projects, literally came out the same week as this UFO one on Showtime. Oh, no. Awful. It's way more sensationalist. It's got the deep voice announcer, mm. terrible CGI, and interviews conspiracy subjects more than fighter pilots and senators and what this one is doing. Like, you know, professors and like, you know, yeah. like actual, like, yeah, th- this documentary is chock full of like credible people (laughs) this this is why it's a standout and this is why we're why we've decided to cover this is the the times article is bulletproof and this documentary is full of the people you want to hear from right so speaking of hearing from people and credibility this blue book study twelve thousand six hundred reports 701 were classified as unexplained but It was shut down. The funding, they said, couldn't be justified. And they said of all the things that they looked at, nothing was indicated as a threat. There was nothing that was beyond modern science. And there was no indication that it was from outer space in any way. So that's those were the three things. It's so interesting because as you're talking, I'm like remembering more about the show. And I'm like remembering the conceit of the show was like these guys are basically called in to head up this BS office that Mm -hmm. the government does not believe in. (laughs) It's like they literally are doing Project Blue Book so that they can say, we looked into it and there's nothing there. And they basically tell these guys to say as much. Just as you were talking, I remember it's like, oh, yeah, there's like I remember they were they were really intrigued by a few things that then they're like didn't have the resources to Mm -hmm. be able to actually track down and found themselves bumping into red tape. Well, and that's what, you know, is so telling in terms of getting this done was because by the end of 1947, the critical year. Another poll, 90% of people had heard the term flying saucer. It was everywhere. Every single person in America knew about that. That is crazy in 1947. (laughs) Um, I I talk about the the communication age that we find ourselves in and how jaded we are about just how flippant our communication is, how easy it is to get in contact with one another and spread information. In 1947, for a new term to be sensationalized like that to 90%, To the point where I'm like, when, when's that statistic about Truman? It's like, this is insane. Or Gerald Ford in the 70s. Ford, Ford. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like. <sighs> yeah. So that's perhaps part of it. And then again, this is why the release in 2017 of they started it up again <laughs> after 2004 was was shocking to people. 
last little thing about saucers, because we'd be remiss to say they had been around in sci-fi art back to 1911, and then they were very big in the 1930s pulp sci-fi magazines. So people were more receptive to the idea of such a thing leading up mm-hmm. to 1947. It wasn't like this guy had was misquoted in the newspaper and then suddenly it was all over the place. Suddenly had, saucers are propagated. Yeah, that, pr- no. that the saucer had been an image. Mm-hmm. And they probably, the misquote comes from them being more aware <laughs> of that already. Yeah, sci-fi. And yeah. having him say the word saucer is like a saucer if you were to skip it across the lake. And they're not they don't they're not listening to him they just hear saucer because that's like the book they read a few years ago like oh yeah. that's what you saw it's like no you're it was bobbing up and down it's like no i got you it was a round disc like a plate like no it was <laughs> yeah so another shape thing that's interesting this was in 2019 when this footage had happened it was on the uss russell of all mm. of all ships <laughs> And this is night vision footage. It was a part of the leak in 2017, but it was not acknowledged by the Pentagon. But they did acknowledge it in April of 2021. And these are these pyramid-shaped objects over this ship's deck. So I'll post a link to that video as well, because that was the Pentagon did not publicly release it because it was from a a private. It wasn't, you know, a camera on a plane, but it was from somebody on the deck. But they did say it was on the list of, of the things they're looking into with this new unidentified thing which is pretty crazy that more footage is coming out and then more the pentagon is saying yep we're looking into that too don't know what it is you know there was one piece of exchange that i i actually was comical it was at an airport and it was air traffic controllers trying to get clearance of planes coming in and out there was somebody radioing into the tower because they saw a disc hovering over one end of one of the uh, runways. And so they're calling into the air controller. This is crazy, but I keep hearing reports about uh, like a saucer, some sort of object <laughs> over like C post C-17. Can you take a look? Can you see it from there? We can't see it. Right. And they're like joking. They're like, oh, this sounds crazy. Can you look up for it? And he's like, I guess I'll take a look for you. But I'll tell you, I wouldn't even tell you if I did see something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I know it's one of those things, but I just want you to look. And they're joking. But this goes on for another half hour. More people trying to call into the tower. Being like, right, and then right. that same person calls back and they have a very different conversation about like, look, I'm not on drugs. I'm not high. I'm not like you need to look out over C-17 because there is something out there. Right. <laughs> it's like hearing the tone yeah. shift in conversation. It's like what? And the dude, the air traffic controller literally says like, I wouldn't even say anything about it if I did see something, <laughs> which says to me everything about why people don't come forward, why a lot of the even pilots involved with some of these sightings won't put their name to the story. Um, yeah. How it is that only now credible academics are coming to the subject because to do so before now risked your entire career, no matter what it is, as an air traffic controller, as a Navy pilot, uh, as, a, as, as a journalist, as a professor, if you were to delve your toe into these subjects, you are really putting up your career as collateral. Yeah, I think... That one was the O'Hare one. And I think what you're talking about in terms of being able to verify, not that you need video footage, but I think that was 2006 or 2007. Yes, it was, so, it was rather modern. Yeah. And so, but but not modern enough for everybody on the tarmac to, to have a cell to phone. have their phone. Fu- exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Talking about observations, this is kind of our ending, what to make of it. There's a great book which I guess it's not great in terms of reading it, but as a reference, it's called the UFO Sightings Desk Reference. 
And it is a summary of the 121,000 accounts of UFO sightings corroborated by various organizations. And it's organized by state. There's no narrative. It's just 371 pages of charts and graphs and (laughs) where they were and what they were in each county. Um, But it it has some fascinating sort of data stuff. So like observations almost quadrupled. There was 3,000 in 2001 and then almost 12,000 by 2015. So this book details it by county. And some other interesting thing, just like, I don't know, if you were a data analyst, it'd be a great (laughs) book to look at (laughs) if you believed in the veracity of all of these. But like, why is July the busiest month? for seeing oh weird of all the months that's what they say in predator they say in the hottest years this happens yeah (laughs) this year it grows hot (laughs) yeah maybe people are outside more but the interesting thing is mississippi sighting spike in january for some you know (laughs) stuff like that Or, or the fact that los angeles county alone has more sightings than 40 other states so Whoa. perhaps because of the population and then the because weather the population may, yeah. and the weather draws people outside. People are outside more versus even in New York City. It's just interesting. Well, that thing what you're saying from 2001 to 2015, it grew exponentially, it went from yeah. how many a few, you know, uh, 1200, yeah, 1500, quadruple. right to then yeah. 12,000. Yeah. Uh, it's like, well, the iPhone was released in 2007. <laughs> so I, that that changed the way that we communicate it changed yeah. communication flat out the blackberry died that day so <laughs> right. uh and i from this book that at least every county in the u.s has seen at least one ufo so there they have been a sighting it seems that it, the mounting pressure because we're getting to why now why is the pentagon feel uh pressured to why, yeah. to why is this kooky field getting legitimate? Right. It's like, well, because everybody is armed with a 4K camera and video technology in their pocket. And so when they see something crazy, they can just capture it in a way that has never been possible before in human history. I mean, we really have to take into account the technology available literally at our fingertips on a mass scale and what that amounts to in evidence and what that looks like when you are shoving it in a government agency's face. Yeah. I mean, the the mounting pressure has got to be fantastic here. So that we might be answering part of the question is like, well, why now? So like, well, because there's so much there's so many more people that have a conduit to get their voice and evidence out there that now to ignore it this pilot would have just lived his happy life or you know been made fun of by his shipmates or whatever but now he's on the joe rogan podcast which has 400 trillion people listening to it you know how would he how do you even that the access to people talking about it legitimately versus being debunked right as foolishness so there's a lot of moving pieces to this puzzle. Uh, you know, there's a lot to look forward to here yeah. because what we got is the, the government saying you saw it. Yeah. And that's more than and we've saying, ever gotten. Before. And saying we don't know versus we know <laughs> or shut up or you're crazy or whatever. That, exactly. Yeah. That And that's the next step of that conversation is, well, what do, <laughs> do you, you know? Like, is yeah. it ours? We are all buckled up and we'll be going along together to see these questions drawn out uh, in real life. So I don't that's why we did this episode. And I hope that any of this was informative or interesting to you at all, because we thought we thought what a fun subject. I really thank you guys for coming along on this journey. Thank Thank you, you, Taylor, for the research. I know it was a little (laughs) bonkers this week, but we uh, we had a lot of fun. So I hope you did, too. Reach out to us on Instagram at IlliteratePod. Let us know what you are reading. Let us know what you're watching. Let us know what you're excited for. If something's coming out, a book, a show, 
anything like that. You never know when we will do something on just what you want to know about. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Thank you.